edition of the 49ers Paradise Podcast Show. Thank you all once again for tuning in. This week's show is brought to you by NFLTouchdown.com. We were supposed to have the creator of that website, Andy, on the show today, but unfortunately due to some technical difficulties on the part of 49ers Paradise, we're not going to be able to have him this week. Have no fear though, we will reschedule and we'll have him on. It's a great website, some great content uh, from a young guy who really knows his football. So be sure to check it out. Great writer, very interesting, and there's a, there's an entertainment quality to it also. It's not just ju- not just news. It's running one article this week called What Type of Girl is Your Favorite NFL Team? And if you haven't had an opportunity to read that yet, I encourage you all to check out nfltouchdown.com and uh, hop over to What Type of Girl is Your Favorite NFL Team? Now, of course, if you are female, you may take offense or you may find it funny, but it's, uh, in my opinion, all in good faith and pretty funny. Right off the bat, you're going to have to like Andy because he's got a beautiful picture of Patrick Willis on his website, and it's in the header graphics, so he's giving our Niners some love. And right now, I think a lot of people out in the NFL world are not really sure if they're ready to give the 49ers some love. But after starting off 2-0 to start the season, I'd say it's about time that the 49ers get their due. Before we do move into this week's game and the success the 49ers had in beating Seattle and Frank Gore and his uh, non-human-like performance, I do want to take a minute and just rant a little bit about Twitter. Now, 49ers Paradise does have a Twitter feed if you haven't checked it out yet. It's twitter.com slash 49ersparadise, uh, all one word. It's fantastic. It's a great way to get the uh, information out to you. It's just another way that 49ers Paradise can push you the latest 49ers news. And I like that aspect of it. I like it a lot. I like the community aspect of it. What I can't stand are all the spammers who try and use one's Twitter feed, so to speak, to promote their own, I don't know, two-cent click pay-per-use Twitter feed that they've created for no other reason but to try and get people to come to their feed and click on advertisements from everything for white teeth to how to use Twitter to spam other people. So I really have a a hatred for these people, and they're really starting to clutter up my inbox. So if any of you do encounter these people, I encourage you to block them. Block them hard on Twitter. It's the only way that legitimate people who are legitimately tweeting and legitimate websites who are legitimately tweeting are going to be able to continue to provide the service that we do. Uh, because it's it's overwhelming. Just today, there were over 30 people trying to spam the Twitter 49ers Paradise feed. You have to go into each one of them and see if they're a legitimate person or if it's just somebody trying to make a few cents by you clicking block on their Twitter feed. Highly annoying. And uh, so that's my rant. Nothing to do with football. Not even to do with uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and their ability to have the entire offensive line called for a false start penalty. If you didn't see that on the weekend, absolutely hilarious. But that's it for the ranting, and let's get into something we all know and love, and that's the 49ers. So for those of you who didn't watch the game, you missed um, an epic performance by Frank Gore, a performance that 
really there is only one other guy who's done it, and that's Barry Sanders. We're talking about two touchdowns over 75 yards. That, my friends, is epic. And I know I've used that word probably three times now, but there's no real other way to describe what Frank did in that game. He absolutely dominated. He somehow took his rushing statistics from the first week and obliterated them. And I think he might have sent a message to the Minnesota Vikings, who have a bit stronger of a run defense, but also have a pretty key runner on their team. And the 49ers face him this week. So I think that was probably fairly intentional on Frank Gore's part to have a big game. Obviously, he would like to do that every single week. But come on, two touchdowns over 75 yards? That's, that's unbelievable. Hats off to the offensive line in their run blocking because it was light years better than it was in the first game. And also want to just give props to Moran Norris, who was absolutely a hammer. Man, if that guy was running at you, you would be running scared as if you're being chased by a bear. The guy is a truck when he's got the ball in his hands. And he's no different when he's blocking for Gore. So there's no wonder that Gore wanted him back as his lead eyes. Also, Josh Morgan and Isaac Bruce did a great job of blocking both in the line and down the field to spur those long runs. So props to them. The entire offense actually did a decent job, uh, especially putting together two long drives that actually sucked the clock out of the game, basically made it impossible for Seattle to come back. They didn't quite put the Hawks out of it. They didn't put the nail in the coffin quite the same way you would expect from a truly great team. But they did manage to milk the clock and control the game, and there was just no way that Seattle was going to get any momentum in this game. Not with a two touchdown runs by Frank Gore. Did I mention that he had an epic performance? It's absolutely amazing. If you haven't seen the highlight videos, go back and watch them and re-watch them. It doesn't get old. It really doesn't get old. Unless, of course, you're Frank Gore, in which case he's already said that he got tired of watching himself on SportsCenter. I guess when you're that good, you can afford to get tired of yourself watching yourself on SportsCenter. Well, that was a mouthful. A little bit more on Frank Gore. One thing that he's made a point of is being better than he was in the past couple seasons. He really went back to training extremely hard, and he felt fitter, faster, and more ready to go than at any point in his career. And that that's showing up this season. Even last week, he just continued to hammer it away. And this week, you saw his speed. In the past, Gore would sort of not slow up, but he would take a peek behind him, get his straight arm ready, and try and force himself through an extra few yards. What we saw this past week with his two, two long runs is he just looked straight ahead and got going. He did peek over his shoulder on one run to make sure he had the right angle towards the end zone, and it was ball game over. That, my friends, is not something we can expect every week, but it's the type of player that Gore is, and I think if the team is built around Gore and he can stay healthy, we're in really good shape. Now, he did tweak his ankle a little bit, and Glenn Coffey got a bit of a hit pointer in the game, but I'm quite confident that both of them are going to be healthy enough to play against the Vikings, which is huge because the Vikings are a, a much stronger team, in my opinion, than Seattle is. Now, before we even get deep into the Vikings game, you got to talk about the defense, because the 49ers' defense held the Hawks to 10 points, and they just absolutely obliterated them. 
we're talking about a defense that was all over the field. When Matt Hasselbeck was in for the first quarter, first half of the game, basically, they went after him, they got good pressure, and the defensive backs held their ground. So it was an all-around fantastic performance. After Hasselbeck got knocked out, the 49ers changed their game plan a bit. They didn't quite put as much pressure on the Hawks because the quarterback scrambles a bit more. He's a bit more mobile than Hasselbeck. And so what they ended up having was a shutdown defensive backfield to the tune of sometimes having eight defensive backs or eight people playing in the defensive backfield at a time. And that was, I mean, it was exactly what the 49ers needed to do. They got a decent enough rush from the front four. It was really a, a great, great effort. Hats off to Patrick Willis, who had a fantastic game, as per usual. Nate Clements also was all over the field, and they kept coming at him, and he kept answering back. Nate Clements had a great game. And Shantae Spencer, they came at him only once, which just goes to show you how strong he's playing. And, of course, he came up on the right side of that battle. So the 49ers' defense, I mean, was absolutely amazing. It was the type of defense that we've been hoping for for at least three or four or five years here in San Francisco. And that was uh, that was a fantastic defensive performance. No other way to really cut it. Hats off to them. Game ball has to go to Gore. But Patrick Willis, Nate Clements, Shante Spencer all had really, really strong outings. So when we take a look at the coaching of this game, you got to see a few things. One, the 49ers didn't make mistakes. Two, they were really prepared to play. And I'm talking about not just on offense and defense, but on special teams too. They were light years ahead of Seattle on special teams. And it showed. Had it not been for a penalty or two on the same play, they would have had a special teams run back on a reverse punt return as well. But that got called back due to penalty. So it was really just an all-around, well-played game by the team. So hats off to the coaching staff for outsmarting and outcoaching the guys on the other side of the field. They really had no answer to the 49ers' attack. So this was a great game of execution, and it was a great tactical coaching game as well. Now, there's still room for improvement, particularly in the ability to put the other team away. That's a step the 49ers really have to take if they want to have any hope of going anywhere this season. It's the ability to, once you're up, to just take that lead and put it out of reach by stacking on the points and by continuing to shut down the team on the defense. It did get a little shaky towards the end of the first half, but Frank Gore coming out and just blasting away on offense and scoring his touchdown to start the second half of the game, well, that pretty much did it for the team. That was what they needed, and Gore absolutely led the team and showed them this is how you put a game away. From there, it was all goodness, but there were some moments of hesitation. There were some moments where you just felt that it might be slipping away. And as we see guys like Vernon Davis and Sean Hill mature a little bit more into better offensive players, you're going to see, hopefully, 49ers offense be able to do what the defense did, and that's just put the other team away. Now, the 49ers face the Vikings in this coming week. Both teams obviously have an extremely strong ground attack. Vikings probably have a bit of the edge on the passing attack, and the 49ers should have the edge on the defense. Should make for an absolutely interesting game and an absolutely awesome game. You can't help but think Brett, Brett Favre wants to beat the 49ers. It's one of those personal rivalries that goes way back when. And quite frankly, I can expect him to bring in a really strong 
performance. I fully expect Favre to be maybe not his old self, but good enough to really not just manage the game, but win the game. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. I think the 49ers, as I said, have the edge on defense, and I think that the 49ers run game basically cancels out the Vikings run game. So it's going to be basically, in my opinion, a battle between Brett Favre and the 49ers defense and Sean Hill and the Vikings defense. And I think that it's going to be a, a pretty interesting match to watch that develop. Hopefully if the 49ers can get their can get their running game going and hold the Vikings, not let their running game going, well, if either team can do that, I think they win. So it's a matter of making sure you get the running game going and shutting down the other team's running game. And that should shape up pretty well. Going forward, the 49ers' schedule is not an exactly easy. After playing Minnesota, they do get a bit of a break and they play St. Louis. But then it's Atlanta, Houston, and it's not getting much easier as they then play Indy, Tennessee, and Chicago. It's really that tough, tough part of the schedule. Green Bay and Jacksonville after there. 49ers don't really have an easier game until they get into December. And by easier, I'm talking about Seattle and Arizona. So it's not exactly shaping up to be an, a walk-away walk, walk away easy season at all. The team has a heck of a schedule, but if they can continue to build on the momentum that they've established now, they'll be playing strong right through the season. So again, hats off to the entire defense, to Frank Gore for having a fantastic performance, and to the offensive line, and Moran Norris, Isaac Bruce, Josh Morgan for opening up the holes to make it happen. That's all for this week. Hope to have a special guest for you in the coming weeks. Andy from NFLTouchdown.com. Check out their check out his site. Pretty awesome. And uh, we'll keep it interesting this year on the 49ers Paradise Podcast Show. Be sure to send in your questions to podcasts at 49ersparadise.cjb.net. Or, of course, you can click on the phone link on the top right-hand corner of the main page of 49ers Paradise to have your take plate on the air. If, for whatever reason... You send in a call or you send in an email and you don't hear from me and you don't hear it played back on the air, try me again with an email and I'll be happy to get it figured out for you. That's all for this time. Take care, everybody. Have fun and enjoy the game this weekend. of the 49ers had only just begun.